0: Hey out there, quarantine land. Welcome to Quarantine Stuff You Should Know. I am your host, AJ Hannenberg, and I am here to bring you stories from the Decameron for the duration of quarantine or until I run out of Decameron. You know, whichever ends first, I think, will be the end of this series. Quarantine or the Decameron. If it ends before I finish the book, go read it yourself. Uh, you're You're probably a grown person if you're listening to this podcast, so go figure it out. You're an adult. Um, if this is the first your first time listening to our podcast, it's usually not just me, and it's usually not just Stories from the Decameron. We have a bunch of other things going on way before this. I got two co-hosts that are currently quarantined far, far away from me, and so go check that out. That's... I would say that's our, like, A-level content. This stuff is, like, B-level content. So it's okay if you don't want to stick around for a few random stories every day and want to go listen to our hour-long episodes on all sorts of topics, classical and interesting. But for now, I'm just telling stories. And we are on story 11, day two of the Decameron. And I will just start. Today's story is pretty good. I'm excited about it. So I'm just going to give it to you. All right. Well, day one had ended and day two began. And all of the kids were pretty much doing exactly what the queen had bid them do. And they had a good morning, they ran around, they amused themselves, they made some garlands for each other, and then finally they gathered for stories and Philomena, queen for the day, ordered Neophile to begin. So she did. And Neophile said, "'Dearest ladies, it often happens that those who try try to make fools of others, and especially in matters worthy of reverence, wind up not only being made fools of themselves, but sometimes come to harm as well. That's, it seems it seems like our author gives us sort of the moral of the story beforehand, so we're just prepped and ready. But here comes the real story. She says, Not long ago, there was a poor German ma- man named Arrigo who lived in Treviso. Arrigo from Treviso. And he worked as a porter. He carried heavy stuff for all kinds of people if they paid him some money. And everyone thought of... Arigo as a good, worthy person. He he had lived a good, holy life. And true or not, legend has it that when he died, all the bells in Treviso began to ring even though nobody was there pulling the ropes. Everyone in Treviso took this to be a miracle. And they ran to the house of Arigo, thinking him a saint, and carried him to the nearby cathedral. So all of a sudden, this guy, because of these randomly ringing ghost bells, became a saint. And then the whole population of the city ran to, yeah, they they ran to his house, and then they started bringing all of their fellow citizens, the crippled and the blind and the lame, there to hopefully get them healed, thinking that Arrigo, this porter, would heal them from all sorts of illness and infirmity. And uh, so the the crowd at the cathedral was enormous. Well, three fellow citizens from Florence were also arriving in Treviso that same day. These fellows were named Stecci, Martellino, and marchese and it's those all sound like cheeses and now i'm just thinking about cheese all day but they were all arriving in the city all who used to frequent the and they used to frequent the nobleman's courts and what they did was kind of entertain people by dressing up in fun costumes and pretending to be people they weren't and so they would do these impressions of all the people at court and everyone kind of loved it and so these guys are good at dressing up in disguise and they they arrive in the city and of course there's Crazy excitement in the city over this brand new saint. And so they stop at the inn and drop off their stuff. And then Marchese says, We may want to go and have a look at this saint. But for my part, I don't see how we're going to get to him. Because from what I've heard, the square is full of Germans, as well as lots of armed men whom the ruler of the city has stationed there to prevent disturbance. And besides that, the church is said to be so packed with people that no one else can get inside. Martellino said, Don't give up just for that. I'm certain I can find a way to reach the saint's body. "'How?' said his friend. Martolino said, "'I'll tell you how. I'm going to disguise myself like a cripple, and then, with you on one side and Stetchy on the other, you'll go along holding me up as if I couldn't walk on my own, pretending that you want to take me where I can be healed by the saint. Anyone seeing us will get out of the way and let us through.' The boys liked the plan. And so they went and they found a deserted spot in the city, and Martellino proceeded to sort of twist himself up, making himself look uh, so horrific as though he were paralyzed, right? He curled his fingers in, he curled his arms in, he twisted his face up, and he hunched his back, and so he looked like he had been crippled. The other two put on pitiful expressions. Then they went to the church, asking all those in front of them for the love of God to let them through. Well, the people all thought that was great. So they shouted, make way, make way. And finally, these three citizens of Florence got to the front. Some nearby gentlemen grabbed Martellino and put him on top of the coffin where the the body was. And for a while, he just laid there. But then the expert performer he was, he began to heal. I'm doing air quotes. You can't see me in, in, in podcast land, but I'm doing air quotes. He began to heal and straighten himself out first with his fingers, then with his hands, then his arms, and eventually he stood up full, and everyone was very excited that he had been healed so instantly by this saint. But there happened to be one man in the crowd who was also a Florentine, and who knew this guy, and finally recognized him as he stood up straight. Before that, he couldn't, because the guy was so good at disguises. And he says, gosh darn, that guy. Who would have believed that he came here, when he that he wasn't a real cripple? Right? He was just sort of musing about The fact that he had done such a good job. But some nearby people from Treviso heard him and said, Did you just say he wasn't a cripple? And he says, Heaven forbid! He always stood as straight as any of us. He just knows how to play tricks and dress up. And that is all the people needed. Those people from Treviso forced their way to the front and shouted, Seize the traitor! This guy who mocks God and all the saints. He wasn't a cripple. He just came here disguised as one to make fun of us and our saint. And so saying, they grabbed him, dragged him down from where he was standing, hold, held him by the hair, tore all the clothes off his body, and started punching him and kicking him, just giving him a serious shellacking. To Martellino, it seemed as though everybody rushed up and joined in. So he cried mercy, and he just, you know, for the love of heavens, please give me mercy, but the crowd kept growing in fury at this guy who had, you know, disrespected God and the saints. Well, Stecci and Marchese couldn't really join in and try to save their friend. They were afraid that he would be killed and therefore they would be killed. So they also kind of had to scream, yeah, kill the traitor. So his two buddies are in the crowd screaming, yeah, kill the traitor, but, and trying to figure out a way to get their buddy Martellino out of this. Well, finally, Marchese had a quick plan and so we ran outside to the one of the lieutenants stationed to keep the, the courtyard free of disturbance and said, Hey, I just had my purse stolen by this cup purse and I had at least a hundred gold florins in there. Can you please go arrest that guy? I want my money back. And so the cop ran in and found this thief. I'm doing air quotes again. This thief being kicked and punched by all the huge crowd in the cathedral. They were trying to get him out of trouble by just having him arrested. Well, they, the, 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 the lieutenants and the, military men got him out of there with much pushing and shoving and and a lot of effort and finally got him out. But then the people found out why he was being dragged away, that he was being arrested for a cut purse. So they all started claiming that he had cut their purses too and that he was this huge thief and had been stealing from everyone. When they finally got him to the judge, the judge heard all these accusations and immediately took Martellino inside and started interrogating him. But Martellino answered back with smart talk and sass as though the arrest wasn't a very big deal, which infuriated the judge. So he had him tied to the strapado and given a series of good hard jerks. Now a strapado is basically they, they tie you to a from a rope to the ceiling on a little pulley and they tie your arms behind your back. And then when they jerk you up, it, it almost wrenches your arms out of their sockets or dislocates your shoulders. And it's supposed to just get you to confess. So they're torturing this poor Martellino and the judge wanted him to confess, but Martolino couldn't confess and said, My lord, I'm ready to confess the truth, but first make everyone say when and where I stole their money. That is a great idea, said the judge, and brought everybody forward. Well, naturally, they all lied. Some of them said three days ago, some of them said a day ago, Some many said today. And, but many had claimed that he had cut their purses before he was even in town. So he said, My lord, they're lying through their teeth and I can prove it. The truth is that I've never set foot inside this town, and I wish I'd never done so, until just a little while ago. And the moment I arrived, I went to see the body of this saint, where I had the bad luck of getting a thorough shellacking, as you can see for yourself. Everything I'm telling you can be verified by the gatekeeper who keeps tabs on all the foreigners coming into the city. You can check his register, and ask my innkeeper too. If you conclude that I'm telling the truth, please don't have me tortured and put to death because of the accusations of these wicked men... Well, as this is happening, as he's pleading his case in front of the judge, word reaches Marchese and Stecci of the torture and all the horrible things that he's going through. And they're like, oh man, we got him out of the frying pan and into the fire. We got him away from this crowd, but now he's facing death. So they located their innkeeper and explained the whole story and asked if he could help. And the innkeeper, once he had finally stopped laughing took them to see Sandro Agolanti, who lived in Treviso and had a, a good relationship with the ruler of the town. He had a lot of credit with the ruler of the city. The innkeeper told him the story, and after they both had a hearty laugh, they went to the leader of the city. So Sandro, this guy that the innkeeper knew, went to the ruler and asked him to send for Martellino, who was in the process of being interrogated and tortured, which he did. They found him standing before the judge in nothing but his shirt terrified and dismayed because the judge just wasn't listening to his pleas, wasn't listening to reason. Turns out he hates Florentines and was determined to have Martellino hanged. So he's working as hard as he can to get Martellino to confess to something that he didn't do. So they bring Martellino finally before the ruler of the city instead of the judge. And he tells him the whole story and begs as a special favor to just be allowed to leave because he said... Until he was in Florence again, he would always feel that he had a noose around his neck. The ruler laughed long and hard over all these misadventures, gave all three of them new sets of clothes, and then returned them home safe and sound. And that is the story of the three Florentines and their adventures with the saint in Treviso. I hope you enjoyed the story. I will be back tomorrow if I can be and give you another story from the Decameron. So that's story one from day two. Uh, That makes 11 total, I think, that we've done. Okay, moving on to Story 12 tomorrow. Thanks, guys. Bye.